I'm treating my sorrows and my pains and my sickness, and I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. I give God praise this morning for Jesus, and because he lived, we can live also. Amen. I bring grace, mercy, and peace to you this morning from God our Father, his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who calls us into fellowship. Over the past several months now, the Lord has been dealing with me, dealing with my heart about the importance of the younger generation and how important they are to him. How the dark world has devised a scheme against them, selling to them the idea that God is not relevant to them anymore. He sells the idea to our young people that religion is an old tradition. And so we find today in the church, the young people are no longer very enthusiastic about God. Many of them have come up with their own ideology about what they think God is, concepts that are so far removed from the truth. A lot of them are saying that the Bible is irrational, God is irrelevant. And these are thoughts and ideas that come only from the dark world. Satan and demons have occupied our territories and their works right now is to silence the church, to stop the church from moving any further than it has. And one of the ways they have been able to do that is to make young people to walk away from the truth, to believe in myths, and they have walked away from the church. The idea behind this is to stop the future of the church because after this generation or dispensation fades away, there will be no one left to carry on the legacy of the church. And the devil has schemed this idea into society. So God nagged me and made me feel guilty enough to do something about this situation. And the guilt that God placed on me is not only on me, but he has placed this call to attention on all of us who think that our children or grandchildren don't need to abide in him. To all of us who feel like church only belongs to us and not to our children or to our grandchildren. We carry the idea of the disciples in our gospel text this morning. Who thought that the children were insignificant to the kingdom of God? We encouraged them in all of their other endeavors, but never encouraged them to keep their souls anchored in Christ. We don't see this as important. We will carry them to the sport games. We carry them to other activities and support them in those ideas. But when it comes to the truth, when it comes to the word of God, we don't see the need to do such. Before getting into the meat of this message this morning, may I remind you this morning that just in case you have forgotten that there is a place called hell. And hell is real. Hell is a real place. 
as heaven is open to everyone, so also is hell opened to everyone. And I want you to understand this. And only Jesus can save. And not our ideas. It's not the way we rationalize life. It's not the choices that we make as we go along. None of those things save us. Only one person has the answer to life. Jesus is the answer. And above him there is no other, folks. Jesus is the way. And the church needs to know this. Give God a hand of praise for Sunday this morning. In Matthew 5, verse 30, Jesus says these words. If your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Jesus in this text is telling us about how terrible hell is. Jesus in this text is telling us, the church and the people of God, not to take hell carelessly. We must take it seriously. And with every violence that we can find, pull our children back onto Jesus Christ. Bring them back to the church and make them to understand that he is the only solid foundation for the world today. This is our task. This is our responsibility. This is our work. We cannot sit complacent and feel like it's okay to let them go away and we watch them from a distance and feel happy about it. You think about it for a minute. Every single person under the third of my voice this morning, you love your children, you love your grandchildren, and you would do anything to save them and to keep them alive and keep them well. You do anything. And God is saying, do something now about this situation. Imagine you seeing your little child or your grandchild walking on the street while a car is coming at 80 miles an hour. And you're standing like, you know, I want to pull her back. But if I do this, it's going to get upset. So I'm going to just let her go. And you stand there and let your child walk into danger. This is what it's like, my friends. Hell is real. Hell is a real place. And people are dying and going to hell. Children and, and all the folks, everybody's going to hell because they do not have their faith in Jesus. What is Jesus saying to us? He's saying it is better to deny the body of his desire than to let it be satisfied while it drags you straight into hell. It is better. Instead of it dragging you into its lustful passions, you drag it to church, drag it to Bible studies, drag it to prayer, drag it to fellowship. That's what we need to do to be anchored in God. See, a lot of Christians have gotten so complacent at where they are at. You've gotten so comfortable. And this is wrong. We need to grow in the Lord. I am still growing in God. I grow every week, every day. My, my desire is to know him more and more and more. And God desires that for every single person in this room this morning. Don't get complacent with your Christianity. There is more in God, my friends. There's more to know, more to have, more in fellowship, more in love, more in heights. God is so high. You can't get over him. He's wide. We can't get around him. He's so deep, you can't get under him. 
So how can you get complacent with something like that? We need to grow in the Lord. Most of us sitting here this morning don't see Bible studies as something important in your Christian walk. How can you grow in God without being in Bible studies? How can you grow in God without prayer? Many of you don't pray. The only prayer you have is the one that happens here at church. What is that? What kind of life is that? What kind of fellowship is that? God wants us to grow and not be complacent. We need to wake up every morning with Jesus on our heart, in the afternoon with Jesus on your heart, in the evening with Jesus on your heart. Every step you make, every thought that comes to your mind has to have Jesus in it. And we need to keep growing in him. That's what he has called us to. Here in our gospel text this morning, we find parents bringing their children, little ones to Jesus so that he will bless them, which was very customary in Jewish tradition. They used to take their children to the temple so that the, the, the rabbis would put their hands on them and bless them. It was a tradition that was done. And here it is during the, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the disciples are thinking in their heads that Jesus had more important things to do than to minister to children. And so they are pushing the kids away. There we find the disciples, the ones closest to Jesus, driving the kids away from, uh, uh, from him and driving the parents away with their children. And I ask you this morning, does this sound familiar? And my response to that would be yes. It is familiar because the church is not doing enough to bring the children. How would the parents come if we don't have programs for the children? So when you drive the kids away, the parents will go, why are they going to the football field and going to the soccer game and going to these other places with the children? Because that's, those are the people who are calling the kids to them. So they're going there and not coming here. When this is the best place to be, the gospel, my friends, the gospel is the best gift that the world ever, ever had, ever had to offer anyone. And it's a sad thing to see our children walk away from it. Yes, we know that kids can be so noisy and sometimes too selfish. That's why they require special attention and special programs to have them connected with the church and Christ. I'm preaching on the topic this morning. Don't hinder the children. And let me show you some lessons we can learn from these verses this morning. Don't hinder the children. Bring them to the Lord. Don't be complacent with where they are. See, the other programs are good. The activities they're involved with, their social lives, those things are good. But if Jesus is not the foundation underneath that thing, my friends, your kids will crumble. And we need to be scared to death when it comes to this matter of salvation and grace in Jesus Christ. 
You are coming every time and receiving the grace of God and your kids are nowhere to be found. Don't be complacent. Your grandchildren are nowhere to be found in the Lord. Don't be complacent. This is the first mission field that God has called all of us to here. Listen to me. He told the disciples to go to Jerusalem first, then Judea, then Samaria, and then the ultimate part of the earth. Do you know where your mission field starts at? Your evangelistic field starts right within your family. It starts right there, my friends. You got to bring them. Don't let the devil snatch them away. Because I'm telling you, a time is coming when that last day comes and the last trumpet sounds and we are caught up into heaven. My friends, you will see your loved ones who did not make it and you will cry. It'll hurt you. God wants us to evangelize to them and tell them about the need for salvation. You tell them, you tell them right, look them right in the eye and tell them that hell is real. And we're not going to sit around here and let this old devil steal our children away from God. We wouldn't do that. The church is going to rise up and we're going to stand up and we're going to bring them back in the name of Jesus Christ. The first lesson we learned this morning, a lesson about service. In Mark 10, 13, it says people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. This text clearly reveals certain responsibilities that both the parents and the church have toward their children. Fulfilling these responsibilities is a form of service to our children. The first service is we must serve our children by evangelizing to them. From the Old Testament, parents were encouraged to share the things of God with their children. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 through 8, they were encouraged to share the word of God with their children. And in the New Testament, this, this challenge continues in, in Ephesians 6, verse 4. It says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bring your children up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. You know what it is to be disciplined? Think about it. When a person is disciplined in a certain uh, field of studies, it means that this person is committed to that. A one who is disciplined, that's why the disciples were called disciples because they were known as disciplined one. Jesus disciplined them into this culture that he had established to carry the gospel. And not one of them fell away. God wants us to discipline our children in the word, discipline them in the church, that they will not fall away no matter what happened. There must be creative programs at the church that are geared towards sharing the gospel and strengthening children's faith. The next thing is we must serve our children by educating them. By bringing their children to Jesus, these parents were telling the children that they saw something special in them. Where are we taking our children and grandchildren today other than to church? everywhere else and we let them know that these other things are more important than Christ 
That's what we said. Like I talked to parents, oh, why aren't you guys here? Oh, you know, my, my son has a football game on Sunday morning. That's why we can't make it to church. What, what, what nonsense is that? We don't even have any respect for God in this age. In this society, it is time for the church to rise up. It is time for us to carry the gospel like it is. Because God loves our children and he loves us as well. We must take this very seriously. It is our duty to bring them face to face with Jesus. Enough that they can't see anything irrelevant about him. It's what we need to do enough that nothing is able to separate them from their relationship with Christ. You say, well, my kids have good relationship with Jesus. Let me let you know this this morning, folks. Knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him are two different things. Knowing Jesus and having a relationship with him are two different things. The Jewish leaders knew Jesus. But they killed him. The disciples had a relationship with him and it could not be broken, even though there were times when they fell away, but they came back because of the relationship. We need to learn to establish our children's heart that it gets so connected with Christ that nothing in the world, Romans 8, will be able to separate them from that love that they, find, they found in Jesus. The next thing we must do, we must serve our children by encouraging them. When these parents brought their children to Jesus, they were encouraging them. One of the ways I encouraged my kids when they were much younger, and I guess it has stuck in their minds, was telling them that staying home on Sunday was not an option. It was not an option. And, and as long as you abide under my roof, you got to be in church. You don't have no option when it comes to that. But you see, my kids are in church today, folks. I, I'm not bragging you. I'm telling you this is true. They wake up in the morning with a desire to come to the Lord. No fighting. No hustling. No questioning. Because why? We, through our devotion at home on, in the evenings, have instilled into them the word of God. Because this is the only solid foundation that we have. Some of us neglect devotions at home and Bible studies at home and reading the word of God with our children at home. The Bible warns parents to bring up your children in the way of God so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I say this all the time, I keep saying it. Your children spend more time in the world than they do in the church. They go to school and they mingle with the kids for the whole week. Come to church maybe twice a week. And so who's having greater influence on them? It's the school. It's the peer group at school. And they come home and there is no one at home to, to tell them what the truth is. I remember when my kids were little, they come home and they're trying to do something. And I said, no, that's not right. Daddy, everyone is doing it. And so now we had to sit down and talk about what is truth. And I instilled that truth into them. Not because everybody doing it. And I showed them the scripture. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. 
Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many you will find on the broad way. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and only few are on the narrow way. We went through those scriptures over and over and again. Now, they don't say that anymore. Instead, they come back now, and they're talking about how weird their friends are. And we need to change our kids' minds because they are the future generation of the church. If we cannot do it, these doors were closed. And there will be no church in the next 10 years. Not just in, at Holy Nativity, but I'm talking about in the United States. And we're seeing it right in our community right now, where two churches, one of them had to close the doors and they combined with the other church. Where another church closed down completely. And whenever a church closes down, it tells me that the evangelistic effort of that church closed down long ago. It is just, it is just a byproduct of what happened long time ago. When a church stops evangelizing, when the church stops breathing young people to place into leadership roles in the church, that church is doomed to die. And so we need to encourage our kids in the Lord. Next lesson is a lesson about salvation. In Mark 10, 14, when Jesus saw this, it says, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. With this text, highlights every adult's responsibility to, to serve our children by helping them form a spiritual foundation. It is it's also speak about the matter of salvation. The fact that children are invited to come to the Savior implies that children need to be saved too. This, 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 this whole idea of salvation is not only for adults, adults but it's for children too. You may not like to hear this, but it's true that our children are sinners too. And take this seriously. In Psalm 51, 5, it says, Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. So as innocent as they look, they are sinners. In Psalm 58, verse 3, is it even from birth, the wicked go astray. From the womb, they are wayward, spreading, spreading lies. From the womb, they come with evil. Proverbs 22:15, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. This is why it is important that parents bring their children face to face with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 3.15, look at what Paul writes to young Timothy in ministry. He says, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scripture. From infancy you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. From infancy... Timothy's mom had been training him in the Lord, in the scripture. And because of that, he matured to this level now where he was in leadership role in the church. And Paul is reminding him about this. 
Folks, we have the responsibility of saving our children from this world, from their own flesh, and from the devil. If you love them, you must do this. This is the requirement that God is giving to us this morning. And we need to start praying for God to give us the passion, the energy, the wisdom to talk to our children. Because sometimes they would think they seem wiser than us. These kids got these different ideology in their heads and, and you go and trying to talk wisdom to them, they make you feel like you are foolish. And so we need to pray to God to give us the wisdom to be able to talk to them. This is serious business. This is even more serious than COVID-19. Because COVID-19 only destroys the body. But sin can destroy our souls. And we must not take it lightly. We talk about a lesson about service, lesson about salvation. Lastly, let's talk about the, less, the, the lesson about the Savior. In Mark 10, 15, 16, it says, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. This passage doesn't only speak about service and salvation, but it has something to say about the Savior. Let's see the Savior's heart in this text. The disciples thought Jesus was too busy for a bunch of children. When the disciples pushed those children away, Jesus was very displeased. When we look around our homes today and see the same complacency, is he really pleased with us? When we look around the church today and see this same complacency, is Jesus really pleased with the church? It's a question we need to begin to ask ourselves. What Jesus does here is he elevates children to a place of importance in this text. Because in Jewish custom, children were less important. And in the scripture, we find out that one man sacrificed one of his children in the Old Testament. Jewish tradition, he sacrificed his own child because he had made a promise to God that the first thing that runs out of his house after they went to this war, and if they won the war, the first thing that ran out of his house, he would sacrifice it to the Lord. And his little child ran out to meet him, and he sacrificed her. Children were less important. And Jesus is putting emphasis on here that kids, children are very important to him and must be to us as well. This also reminds us that God is not so much interested in what we can do or what we can give or how old we are. He simply invites all of us to come to him on the basis of pure grace. And so when you read John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world, and children are part of the world. Men and women are part of the world. God loves everybody. And he's calling everybody to salvation. We saw the Savior's heart. Let's see the Savior's hand, and then I'm going to sit down. Let's see his hands. 
The text indicates that he placed his hands on them and blessed them. He placed his hands on each individual child and blessed them. It took time, but Jesus had the patience that it took to bless each of those children, no matter how young they were or how insignificant they appeared. He blessed them. He blessed them. And when he left this earth, he told us, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And the works that Jesus worked while he was on the, the earth is the same work and task he has called us to do. So when the world is pushing the children away, we should be saying, bring the children unto us and don't hinder them, for such is the kingdom of God. And as they come, we must embrace them and embrace programs that will bring them in. This is the mission of the church. This is one of the missions of the church. If the church is going to have a legacy, if the church is going to go on into the future and continue to strive, if this is going to happen, it's only going to happen when we have people in here who we are going to pass it on to. Where are they? Where are they? And this is why we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus here at Holy Nativity Lutheran Church. And this program that he has placed on my heart, I'm passing that vision on to you as well. Not to only become a part of the team that we have established here at church, but to become a team at your own home and family to draw them back to the Lord. You say it to yourself that I will not let the evil one tear apart my family. You say to yourself that on that last day, we will have a reunion in heaven and all of us will be there. And you pray to God as he teaches you on how to drag them back to him. I pray that these words from God this morning would encourage your hearts and keep you steadfast in your faith. Amen.